Good morning. We're going to go to Periktes Pasek Zion. As we saw, Yesem is the only surviving son of this massacre. I hate to call it that, but there's no other name. And Yesem is brave enough and feels an achrayis, which is pretty pelvic. Just the um, trauma of hiding and surviving such a thing to be composed enough to get up he's a young man compared to the other ones who are no longer here uh, no, but he was uh, the youngest and smallest so he was able to hide and he has the brilliance, fortitude, courage whatever other synonym you want he's standing in front of a very hostile audience and I don't really he was loud enough that the sound reached them. I don't know of any medrush that says it was a nace, so he was speaking loud without a metorgamon, without a megaphone, and yet nobody shot him. He was close enough by bow and arrow. So I always like to point out a silver lining. He's talking to Avimelech and the people of Shechem, all of whom recently got together to kill all his brothers and try to kill him, and they would try to kill him still, which is why at the end of this rush he's going to run away. But he's standing on Hagrizim, and he's looking toward Har Evol, a fascinating Yalkut. Why was he standing in Dafka on Hagrizim? The Klolos were given, and the Brochus were given, and they were standing, Hagrizim and Har Evol. The Yalkut tries to say that, well, if you're standing on one mountain, we look at Har Evol, the mountain with the Klolos, but they were standing there giving it to the opposite mountain. So why was he standing on Hagrizim? Maybe we'll get to that later, but right now, let's assume it's a safe spot, but the other mountain is one mountain away. And he's going to give not a short drusha. With all sorts of Ramazim, he's going to give a mushal and an imshal. And to their credit, despite the fact that these are people struggling with their ruchnius, that's an understatement. Uh, again, I, last week we had Meyashev maybe too much that they donned him as a Merba Malchus and uh, Shechem is a frightening place to don somebody as a Merba Malchus. I didn't point that out last week. It's going to happen next week's Parsha. <laughs> so, been there, done that. Very different. The original Shifte Kovet Sadikim, they were wrong on the issue, but they had a thought through process which was still wrong. Here, there's a hunger for power and to be a tyrant. And Lamaisa, they're listening to a drasha. And this drusha is going to take us a week or two. It, they listen. Nobody shot at him. Nobody screamed and yelled. And he's giving him serious musr, like, if you guys feel comfortable with what you just did, then enjoy your new ruler. And if you don't, uh, you better shape up. And his mom is giving them musr, and he feels not right. What does he need this for? Why does he just run? He's going to run afterwards. It's safer to not do this. He feels an achrayis. He feels an achrayis. He feels it's important for the covet of his father and uh, his brothers and uh, got to do something about it. He's a yidden, so we got to take care of yidden. And there's some substance here of value that he feels this drusha might just move them. A classic example, we've been discussing Tochacha the last uh, few months. The chances of success over here, I don't know what he thought. 1%, 5%, maybe a mira matzi. Certainly not a roiv. So it was dangerous, but he felt it was not a or klala, or maybe he felt he has to go a little further for the covet of his family and uh, for the sanctity and security of Klai Yisrael. Lots at stake over here. So maybe he went further, but there's got to be a hava. I mean, it's going to work. And he felt there was. Otherwise, he wouldn't put himself in danger. It's just suicidal. And we're looking at the, what's going on over here. What's the hava? I mean, 
They're not going to listen, but they're not going to shoot at him either. That's what I'm trying to point out, is that he had an audience that there was a pintalayid, and they said, yeah, he's giving us a drasha, and he doesn't know that uh, his brother's a chaimisa, whatever other lumdus they had, which was completely dead wrong. And uh, he's dashing, but his drasha will span all of Shoftim. He's going to compare and contrast the Shoftim of yesteryear and very recent yesteryear, like his father, with the power grab of Avimelech, and he's going to tell them in no uncertain terms, Lo zuhaderech, and we don't have leaders who are dying to be leaders because it's fun to have power. We have leaders on an ad hoc basis, and you're not one of them. So that's the introduction to his muscle. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, you'll hear it right now. Well, go, go Zion, there's a clear announcement here. Uh, we're going to read it. Oh, well, I, I haven't been there in a long time. I was on high reason in Haribo. I was there. Shechem's right there. Dangerous place. We were there and very brief, and we get out of there, and I don't know if you should. I mean, you, we have access under armed guard, but it's all, all dangerous. I have a CD called Tragedy on Haribo. It's on the system. That was after a massacre where terrorists attacked uh, people just on a hike. So I wouldn't advise. Uh, I was there before uh, the child before the first in, for the first intifada. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was gonna say it happens to begin with an A. <laughs> so it's the first one. So yeah, it's the first thing in the USB. So um, it's a dangerous place. Shem is always a hotbed for problems, as Rashi tells us. Chumish and Bara Yamazeh. And he is speaking to the Makam where they live. So he has a built-in audience, but the Chiddush to me is they're listening. That's the only silver lining I have in the entire parak. So uh, I point out good news wherever there might be some. We try to uncover it. Or in the next mountain, either way, within, within earshot and within arrow shot. So let's see Puzzle so if he gives the Yesim, uh, might be answering your question, is that uh, they told him it's a good time to give a drosha. The people are assembled. So doesn't talk about Derech Neis. He just cleared his lungs, cleared his throat, and spoke very loud. He's got uh, some distance and a big crowd. So again, Shimu, he wasn't saying this sarcastically. All you people are all cahoots. They're the ones who released the money from the base of Adazara to hire the mercenaries to kill his brothers. And maybe if you do tshuva and think about the atrocities you just did, maybe there's hope. means if you really try to do the right thing, maybe you can fix this up, which I think is very generous of him under these circumstances. So, he starts with a mushal. Halach Meeting is being recorded. They're giving a second announcement? Just so we should know, we shouldn't say anything sensitive. Okay. That's good. Halach Pasuches. Halach Yel Chalcho Eitzim L'mshach Halei Melach. One fine day in the forest, the trees got together and they decided they wanted to appoint the king. So, every marshal was always about a king. So this one starts over the forest, but they still want to appoint the king. And looking for good royal material. So the pecking order is, is not interesting, which tree they went to first. 
And there's a reason why we're not, uh, he's not saying the Zayas is better than the grapes. And he's going in order of the Shaftim as the history of Klayasal went from the time they came into Eretz Yisrael. And each Shafet is nimshul to a different tree. So he's going in chronological order. So Halach, Halcho Eitzim Lemshach Melech, Vayemru Lezayis Molcha Aleinu. So they come to the Zayas. We don't appreciate the Hashivas uh, of an olive tree because we have many different types of oils. We have a great selection of food and the like. And comes Hanukkah, we have uh, a lot of olive oil. And throughout the year, we cook in various things, and there are many choices. Then the main choice for oil was Zayas and Apidin, and also for cuisine. And they used to eat olives, the women all the time, the men, so pick your shita once a month, or some derech harai haphazard, or with some other ingredients. So it's not kashlashicha. The kashlashicha is brought down, even though it's an Indian up in Nister, but that already is a, is a gemara. So the men who are listening who have olives every morning, uh, come speak to me about tomorrow breakfast, and we'll uh, figure it out. But olives are, it's one of the Zayaminim. So obviously it's Chashavah, not just in the oil form, even though that was one of the main forms. So they asked Hazayas, do you want to be king? Vayemer lahem Hazayas, very interesting response and very humble. Obviously, Zaysim don't talk, and this is for the Nimshol, which we'll get to. Vayemer lahem Hazayas, hechadalti es dishni asher bi, yechabdu elokim, he said, thank you very much. I'm not really interested in the job because being king and being a head of state is very time-consuming. You have to deal with all sorts of people and all sorts of issues and all sorts of problems and organizational issues and paperwork. And I have a lot of very important things to do, like produce olives. They should be delicious. They should be fresh and plump and these olives and the olive oil are doing very, very important things. Benagea to the Avedah and the Beis Amikdash, here the Mishkan, and for people. And if I start spending my time on you guys, Mr. Oak Tree and whoever is talking to him, uh, I'm gonna, not going to have enough time to do what I'm supposed to be doing. Now, you could say anybody who's asked to assume a mantle of leadership can kind of that, and you have to know what you're supposed to be doing and what you're set up for, and the nimshul is going to be that none of the shaftim until now looked for the job, they didn't want the job, and didn't even take the job. When there was a war to fight, when they added into Paskin, they dealt with it, but they weren't ready to covered, and the first one, Asniel ben Kanaz, and the reference to the Zayas over here, was the uh, nation's uh, Rosh Hashiva and Pesach, and he was running in Yeshiva Tanegev, if you remember, and he was ad hoc as can be. When something had to get done, he did it, but uh, he wasn't interested in the power, obviously, or the covet. Take a look at Rashi in Ches. So his answer, the tree's answer was, I'm not going to give up my deshen, dishni, lashen shumun, my uh, healthy uh, zesim, which are supposed to be giving off a lot of shmaltzi uh, uh, olive oil. And I'm going to be going lanua, lashen lanua, is to be running around, taking care of all the other eitzim, 
He says, it's not my tachlas achayim, not my job description, and if I wanted to cover it, I would call you, and therefore the answer is a polite no. And that was Asnil Ben-Kanaz, who never asked for it. Had they offered it to him, he wouldn't be interested. And whatever had to be done, once in a while, he did. But primarily, he was running Klai Yisrael, but in a different mode, not as a king. So he's basically going to go through, not every Shefet, but a history until now. It's not such a long history. And then contrast it with what they're trying to do, or what they just did with Avi Melech. Pasuk Yud. So we're not going to give up yet. Uh, before we see Pasigud, uh, actually, take a look at the Radak in Pasig Tess, the last Radak. Elokim va'anashim, b'nei Hashem adlikin b'shem ezayis l'fnei Elokim. And Hanukkah is coming also. L'fnei anashim. And people use it. They used it for electricity, meaning basic light. They used it for cooking. And a lot of very important uses in Klai Yisrael, and that's a lot of work producing these Asim, and I'm interested in diversifying right now. That was the answer of the olive tree. Pasuk Yud. So go over to a fig tree. Fig, just for the American city people over here. Usually on Tubishvat, everything we have is petrified, like the bucks that we used to throw at people, which is Bizayin Eichlin, but the Limas Chus is it didn't have a status of Eichlin anymore by the time it got here. I'm not exactly sure why they aged it six years before they sent it, but um, probably because the bugs, after Yud Beis Chaydish, the bugs atrophy and they, they're, they're like dust, so when you eat it, you don't get so many lava. You've got to check these things. And uh, they're delicious fruits growing in Eitz Yisrael, the um, Teina is very, very sweet. And uh, all these things are edible with the proper checking. And they go to the fig tree and they ask him, her, it's not a violation of Melech Malka, which is in it's a derisa, but it's only a mushal, so nobody get nervous. This is not, uh, we're not updating this to fit in with the liberal agenda. So, lechiat molchi alenum. He gives, she gives the same answer. Lanua, again, is lush and like prancing around. I'm going to go running around, taking care of all these things, and take away from my production of my delicious tainim. And I'm sorry, I have to turn down the job, and I'm not going to do it. So which shefet, in this case, is actually shefetis, speaking of Melav Lomalka, Latena is Devaira. Now, the mushal, as you probably know from Mashalim in general, the mushal has to get the point across. It doesn't have to be an exact fit. Otherwise, you go through the Dubna Magas Mashalim. He had great Mashalim, and they were better than anybody else's, and they fit very well. But you can't start asking kashas on details. And the Teina over, over here is referring to Devaira because Devaira is a honey and a bee, and the bee produces honey. The honey is very sweet. And even though the honey over here in this pasuk is from a fig, but the gzereshav is sweet, sweet. So that's fine for the mushal. Yeah? Which one's sweeter? Yeah, that's what he's asking. Yeah. Why don't you dump? I don't know. It's, uh, I, I, we don't have an appreciation of the dates versus the figs. Which one is supposed to be uh, sweeter? You do a taste test afterwards, what? 
Yeah, the Pasuk at first is a lot going on with it. Why didn't he pick? Yeah. Okay. So as I as I as I prefaced, you can't uh, ask Akasha on uh, on the marshal. The Rashi Rashi says, by the way, the comparison over here is musky devash devarim, and um, the Xerushav over here is the musik musik, and uh, the. Um, he brings here from that's in Farshi Rashi that they're basically comparing the Masikas. There must be something unique, unique about the Masikas of the uh, of the Taino. Yes? How does how does the how does the Bajbun come in over here? Because they're Yeah. Yeah. But just he's trying to make a reference to show Rabbi Said the Messiah here in Klai Israel is anybody's hungry for the power, that's the people we don't look at for leadership. And then even when we have kings, you have to pull them out of the closet, like literally Shoal and David and Malachi have taken from the sheep in the backyard. We're not looking for the power-hungry, red-diff-covered type. And uh, this is a very nice way of saying it. We're certainly not looking for people who murder people in their way. This is like you would think this is underreporting the problem over here. But it comes from the Redifas are covered. They weren't bad, Sam. They didn't have a history of murdering people before or after. So he declines the job as well, or she... And I'm not interested either. So they make attempt number three. They go to the vine, producing delicious grapes. Who's that? So now we fast forward to the Shefit before, who is the father of the children who are now deceased. Lagafen Gidon, it's Yerubal, that's his father. He's from Manasha, from Yesef. And here we remember just from a few weeks ago, they literally asked him after the victories, Do you want to be king? They offered him Malucha for him and his children and his uh, descendants, and he said, Loy with an olive, which is what's reflected in Pasuk Gimel. I have a very important product over here. And it's here for the Aveda in the Mishkan, Nisachayayin, and it's here to Misamech people. Uh, we do consume Yayin by Asimcha, and the Pasuk refers to it by Mari Nefesh, and by, uh, by an Avrach Molotzlan. It serves a very important purpose, and I can't take away my focus from my production. You want me to ignore all that and go running around to be the king over the Eitzim? I'm not interested. Nope. So they went to three very, very good candidates, or so they thought. They're running out of candidates. So to make a long mushal short, he could have gone through more, shaved him, there was some more in between. But he got his message across, and the last attempt now brings us up to Avimelech and what's going on now. So um, we hope the Atad is not very insulted that he's number four. You're going to see in a moment the Atad wasn't born yesterday. An altar is a thorn bush, doesn't really do much. I mean, everything has its purpose in the Bria, so Shem created it, it's doing something. But it uh, doesn't have any produce per se, and it's a sort of a tree or a bush or somewhere in between. And Belez Breira, they need somebody to be king. You know, the famous Maisa with Shawwal in Poland, right? So they had, they had a, a very, very exact. Uh, detailed system and went to appoint a king and you had to get it done and Vahi Hayaim or Laila they supposed to appoint a king in Poland and they were all drunk which I'm sure never happened on any other night 
And the only one who wasn't drunk was the Jewish advisor to the king. It's a famous mishpacha. And they uh, decided, since they're all drunk, they were sober enough to realize if we appoint the king now, it's not going to go well. So they had a vote, and they decided unanimously that they're going to make him king for a day. And then when everybody's sober, we'll get to it. And he accepted the title, and he's vowed to all the Xeris against the Jews. And then the next day, he gave it over to somebody else. So that's a, uh, a mishpacha that we know still today from that, uh, that original Misa in Poland. So that's not ridiculously covered. That's care and concern about being mavatal xavers against Yidin. So um, this Atar over here has nothing much to offer. So I can't even say a nice story like that. But he is going to show that he's a bit insulted and tell him something about the offer. Yeah. Why do you ask? They're more or less the same. A snack could be any bush. I don't know if it had uh, thorns per se. The other over here is representative of somebody who has really nothing to offer, like, like, like Avi Melech. No, that, that, no. Rashi says that mushroom was to show It's a very lowly, humble bush because it doesn't really produce much. That's why it's humble. Some people are humble even though they produce a lot, and some people are humble because they don't produce anything. They should be humble. So <laughs> both, are, both are on my law. It's kind of worse if you have a thorn bush who doesn't produce much and he's not humble. So this thorn bush, I don't know if he's humble or not, but he's insulted here. And he's going to make a very sharp comment, which the nimshal over here, you'll understand, for Avi Melech. So what? Uh, maybe, maybe not, but it's not. <laughs> you must know somebody who lived in Israel for a time. Uh, they produce uh, something over there. Most thorn bushes don't produce anything. Uh, we have many on Grow Wild around here, and they just have thorns. I'm not saying not contributing to the Bria. Everybody has a purpose. See, he tells them, if this is a serious offer, can you imagine? He had reason to believe it wasn't a serious offer. Of course he had reason to believe. What kind of ridiculous notion is that? How do you elect somebody to be king? He barely does anything himself all day. How is he going to help others and organize the country and get things done? So he's like, sort of insulted, he said, look, if this is a real offer and you want to come under my tzel, under my shade, which is very schwach, doesn't produce much shade, it's a thorn bush, but if you want to get under here, and if, by the way, if you want to get close enough to a thorn bush to get enough in the shade, you're probably going to get pricked a little bit, just warning you. So that's why he's saying, if you think this is a good pick and you're really serious, okay. However, if it's not a good idea and you're just uh, making fun of me, a fire should come out and consume all of you and thorn bushes are good at producing and keeping fires going. It's uh, basically a good firewood, not the best pick for firewood, but it could certainly... Uh, cause a fire to get bigger, which is what he threatens over here. Which is a shvach, an offer to take uh, refuge in my tzel, which there wasn't much of, as the offer to make him king in the first place. So he wants to make sure that they hop the mushal. I explained it because uh, I'm giving you over what all the Mepharshim say, but they get it from the next passage. He actually spells it out. He gave the marshal. Now he's going to give the nimshal, so there's no misunderstanding. Vata and be'emes be'samim asisim. 
if you think you did the right thing and you did it with Tamimis and you feel that Hashem is on your side and you feel halachli, you had a right to do what you just did and you had a right to go and get everybody out of the way so you can be mamlich avimelech, tamlichus avimelech, vim taiva asisem im yurabal vim And if you think that what you did was right in terms of your hakaris atayv and lack thereof to base Yerubal by killing all his children, if that's your thank you for him saving Klai Yisrael, it's pretty pointed, this message, and if you think this is good payback for all the things that he did and all the hard work he did and all the battles he fought, He's reminded them, if you want a short list of what he did, he's the one who sacrificed his life time and time again and fought for you and went into battle and went against all odds and saved you. And if you think that the payback is, and if you think the payback should be, you wipe out his entire family, or almost the entire family, Jason is talking over here, and you kill 70, 69, and you take the one son from his Pilegish, and you make him king of the city-state of Shechem, Shechem, Ki and you did that because of nepotism. Nepotism is not a bad thing if it's halachically warranted, and often it is. Not when you have to kill out the rest of the family that's not supposed to be king in the first place. So this is about as pointed as you can get. He doesn't just make mention of the nimshol, something about bad decisions and bad people shouldn't be king, and lack of a karasatev, he spells out Rachel Bitzcha Katana, where that karasatev should be and the, trish, the atrocity that you perform against the sons themselves and against the whole house of Yerubal of Gidon. Well, well, let me just finish the Musa Shmuz, and then we'll, we'll get to the resistance in a moment. He's not, he's not finished yet. This is, uh, that's why I introduced this as extreme bravery. And if you're happy with all that, you really think you did the right thing, then have a nice life, be very happy with your choice, <laughs> and enjoy each other, and um, I'm leaving soon, and you know, you can think about that. However, if I made a reshim on you and you want to do tshuva, you can either do tshuva quickly and maybe avoid the klala he's about to say. And he, this is a klala, and well-deserved. And he has every right to say this. A fire should go out from Avimelech and consume all you Baal which means he should start killing all of you. There's base Maloy, and that was a suburb of Shechem, and they're going to be involved in the battles. This klala will be Mekuyim in the fullest sense very soon. And they should strike back and kill him. Basically, you should all get killed as Nakama, because you all deserve it, because if you don't do tshuva, you're all rotten to the core. And after he finished that fascinating drasha, which we would understand, he's a marked man, he was beforehand, now he certainly is, and he runs. Achiv, he runs and he hides in Beira, and we don't know what happens at the end, but it sounds like they never got him. And uh, they listened to the shmuz that was to their credit. They didn't seem to do much about it, because the Pesach ends here in Chavbez, Vayasar, Vimelech, HaYisrael, Shaloshanim. He becomes a sar on Kleisol, not just Shrem, but 
a lot of Klai Yisrael, whether Klai Yisrael, he was the sire, the Radak points out, Vayasar doesn't mean Vayishpoit. He was a sire, meaning a ruler by force. Remind me next week, first of all, we'll get to your Shaila about uh, resistance and lack thereof. And uh, the short answer is, is that this is a punishment to base you above for the Eifod and the Avodah caused, even though he was a Tzaddik. And the fact that he's now a sire, not a shayfet, even though there are Rishayim, the doc himself holds he's in the list of shayfetim, which means he did the basics of what it is to want a government, didn't kill anybody else, didn't do more of errors that we know of, but he shouldn't have been in the position. So some actually count them in the list because he did everything else okay, even though the doc over here says the yasar means he didn't do much paskin and din because he wasn't a tamad chacham and he did a horrible thing over here, even though everything else Usually when you have a cruel despot, it continues and he kills other people and it goes from bad to worse. That didn't happen. It doesn't have that much time because right away they're going to start their infighting, which is the klola over here of Yesim. So we're not going to end on a bad note. I'd like to ask the Shashiva Rav Kook to be mechazagas divrei hasegeris in uh, the Mama Lushen, which you'll all understand, Lushen HaKedosh. And uh, if not, we have a few translators who can help out.